Hooray! Okay. <laughs> All right, folks, welcome to my interviews, my chat and interviews that I'm doing with my very favourite people from working on cruise ships. And today, all the way from Macau, is my very good friend Mel. How are you going? I'm good. <laughs> and uh, she and I um, worked on my second ship together in uh, in the my six year journey of working on board and uh, we had some crazy fun times and uh, found a soulmate in each other I think would you say Mel absolutely <laughs> absolutely my friend yes yes we um it's so interesting because you are you were in the book that I wrote about working on board, you were in, I was just telling you before we got onto the recording that we, you were in a lot of the stories um, of my journey on board because you were a key, you know, best friend of mine. And so there was, there was lots of best, there was lots of people who became my best friends. Um, but I would say that you were one of the first people who really like cemented yourself into my life as not someone who is just a best friend on board but someone who is a, a best friend forever <laughs> and that and we have kept in touch since obviously since um ships but um what was your do you have like a sort of an earliest memory of when we met on board do you have a, a memory it was was it that dry dock in um when your your cast joined the ship yeah. I think, yeah, I just always remember uh, your lovely, curly, fluffy hair and just your laugh and your outgoingness and you just want to – we're just so friendly and lovely and, you know, I think coming to ships or whatever, some people can be a little bit down, um, but you were always the opposite of that, you know, because it, it, it can be like a confronting and sort of, oh, my God, we've left everything and everyone behind and suddenly mm. you're in this new and, and quite bizarre world. And I think that you are always such a positive lifeline for me that I gravitated towards. And I just remember your sunny smile, your tan skin, your, your curly, crazy hair. And, and, you know, I just always, always... I always gravitated towards you, I think, because I, uh, you were such a positive influence, such a positive person, and I needed yeah. that, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, yeah. I, I was showing you a photo earlier. I'll show this photo to everybody. This is one of the photos of us together. And I love that picture. It's one of my favourite photos of us on a, on a night so out, nice. probably. Yeah. You've got a little necklace there with a seahorse on it. Very cute. I still have my seahorse, me and my seahorse tattoo. Oh yes, and you have your seahorse tattoo. And the other in my ass, so I won't be showing. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with that. Um, stay stay I mean, down there. Stay down there. <laughs> my um, one of our friends, Kim, did actually show her tattoo. I don't know if you remember her getting the star, the tattoo of the star that was. Um, representative of me as one of her friends in her constellation of her life and uh, I don't know if you remember that that tattoo but um yeah lots of people got tattoos and that's one yes. of the stories in the book yes is, uh, <laughs> the getting of the tattoos, Mexican yes. tattoo that I got <laughs> but um yeah I guess as I was saying you were in a lot of the stories because you were um so many of the funny 
like crazy things that happened in that first part of my journey on board involved you. I'm not quite sure why, but they did. <laughs> yeah, why do you think that is, Mel? Because <laughs> you were crazy and I was crazy and we crazy together, I think. <laughs> I, um, and because as I said, like you were always such a positive person and you always wanted to go out and have fun. And I was just like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I think that was the key is you were always the person who said yes to having fun. Like no matter what, you were someone who always said yes when there was something to do. And yeah, lots of things that we did were, were fun. But um, <laughs> one of the stories... One of the stories that I wrote in the book was called um, the first time that I did push-ups in a formal dress. And <laughs> and that particular night was was involved you. Um, but, yes, there was a few, quite a few people involved in that night. But that particular night was the night that I was running around the crew area um, in and doing, like, push-ups and, and, and running on the treadmill in the gym and, yeah, it was – very funny. I, I'm sure you remember that event. <laughs> oh, that was funny. But, um, yeah, and there was um, there was another time we were talking about it before we got onto the recording. Um, maybe you could share with um, the, the tribe about that Christmas that we had at Excaret in, in Cozumel in Mexico. Oh, well, but there were balls, balls, isn't it? I just remember <laughs> there being those huge Christmas balls everywhere. And, yeah. and they just decorated, of course, Excaret, which is like one of the most magical places on earth. And then every time we would go back there and see different parts of it because it's just some a massive park. And yeah. I remember I even remember seeing um seeing like turtles like doing it in the middle and they were they were circled by all of the turtles and like really? it was some sort of a ritual and I was just like Ooh. I can't remember which occasion I don't know if it was a Christmas but um but I remember the funny monkey that would always pull different faces and yeah and the the flamingos that would greet you at the door and I just right. I always dream about going back there and mm. and taking my son and, and sharing well and hopefully it's still there and yeah. because it was always such a magical place yeah. Um, that we could that, run around and just run amok. And, uh, that them. particular um, place, the story that I tell in the book is about the time that when Kim um, was bitten by the donkey. Oh, the donkey! Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to let go. It just kept getting harder and harder. And I'm very funny about my son near donkeys. Now I said, don't you ever put your finger near its mouth? Because I remember. I'll never forget. <laughs> That was that story. It, it, it just sticks in my head as one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. And that donkey could have bitten her finger yes. off. And we were laughing at the, this donkey. <laughs> and I just thought, oh my God. Well, we were laughing, but then it sort of started to be panic because yes. she literally, you know, could not remove <laughs> um, her finger. <laughs> and we were all like, <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. And that that was uh, that was a really funny. That was a funny moment, but it went it went a little bit scary. But then, luckily, the donkey let her finger go. Um, but it was um, it was one of those like hilarious moments in time. And we went down to that sound stage, and then we were dancing and singing on the sound stage. Remember that big? They had like an open air. Um, amphitheater type thing and uh-huh, when uh-huh. they do their shows at night which we we were just saying before we never got a chance always to see want to shows. see the night show still to this day yes. i want to go back uh, me to too yeah so well maybe that, we can yes we have to make a plan maybe make a plan we, to go back i would love to yeah have a reunion a reunion of the escaret gang oh just it's always and i remember like putting my head under the water and hearing the dolphins talking yeah and i'm just floating on my back right near their enclosure and hearing the dolphins uh so amazing amazing yeah uh, did you come with us did you swim with the dolphins with us and do the pushy thing yeah yeah yes yes i was there i don't know if i did it at the same time but i did yes i've definitely done it I yes. can't remember whether we did it at the same time or not, but because we, we've obviously worked on different ships, you know, after you worked with um, me on the ships, the, the the carnival ship, you actually worked on Royal Caribbean, which is where you met your beautiful husband. So, but I remember you being um, on the on the ship when I was with you, that you were a bit sort of lonely because you were on the ship but your partner at the time was at home and mm. it was a real struggle for you to keep in touch with with him yeah. um, the hours the the time difference was so odd yeah yeah and it's hard being away bizarre. from your family and it your really partner is. and mm. yeah so yeah what was that experience like for you because a lot of people wouldn't know what it was like to be away from their family for that long because you were yeah. on board eight months it took about like when you you work on a ship you talk about the sacrifice of normality you know mm. um because you leave that normal existence behind at home and you know people people talk about ships like oh you know what happens at sea stays at sea and some people really do live yeah. like that um yeah i don't agree but with i that. Yeah. never really wanted to sacrifice integrity Mm-mm. for 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 this but you could see it just <laughs> Even the captain of the ship, you'd meet yeah. his girlfriend and then his wife and be like, oh, but, yeah. oh okay, sure. Yeah. Um, and, and some people didn't seem to have a problem with it, but most often they were men. Um. Mm. <laughs> yes. I remember, I remember feeling very lonely and very, and, and which is once again why I think it was so important to be around uh, positive people that just wanted to have fun. Yeah. Like good, clean fun because it could get really, really down and really negative uh, yeah. very quickly. And you yeah. did see some people go on the downward spiral, yeah. and that's somewhere that you sometimes found yourself. Mm. And no one wants to stay there because that's not good. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not healthy. And I, I was talking to, I was talking to one of the ex cruise directors that I worked with last week and he was saying that you know a lot of people struggle and have there's mental health issues that are not addressed in that space and I think that there should be at least a social worker or a psychologist who's on board each ship because I feel like that's a really important thing to manage people's mental state in that it's not normal it's not a normal environment you know yeah well I think I think someone someone psychologically but also 
uh, like a physio as yeah. well. We had no oh, physio. Yeah. I mean, they would send you off, off to, you know, and we would get real injuries sometime. And I would get so upset because they right. never, they never, they'd be like, oh, off, off to some island, there was a, a French speaking podiatrist. Right. who was trying to wrap her head about my injury. I'm like, yeah. I need someone to help me and help okay. me now. Right. This and is because really sore. Yeah, and you so we should be working. And you're just <laughs> sort of strapping it and medicating. And that's eventually yeah. why, Pip, in the end, yeah, I was done. Because I don't – I think that really, really needs to be addressed. Yes, psychological uh, uh, availability yep. to speak with someone on a, on a level like it, as this. And especially for the – the dancers, the ice skaters, the performers on ships, when they really hurt themselves. And it's not a matter of if, but when yeah. it's going to happen. To have access to people and support that yeah. can help on a mental and physical level. To, yeah. Because it, it just wasn't, it wasn't good enough. For, no. For, yeah. no. And see, we probably should, I didn't mention at the beginning here that of our conversation that you were a dancer on board. And so obviously as part of the entertainment department, you know, I... I didn't wasn't doing that sort of you know intense physical movement on board you know you were having to to jump and leap and you know get lifted up by people and all those sorts of things on a rocking ship I mean that's, uh, that's sometimes a you you sometimes you didn't feel anything but then sometimes they would lift yeah. you up and then you'd come down quicker than right. you thought you would because the, the shift of the boat and then getting used to do this as well, but I don't think I, I, I don't think I ever really hurt myself injury wise until the second ship. But I always thought to myself that a traveling physio mm. working for these different big companies yep. would be such an asset and really integral because it's something, you know, later on when I'm working with, with Cirque, Cirque and, and Dragon and companies mm. like this, they really take injury so seriously. Right. And they really have teams of people to monitor, assist um and rehabilitate uh but on the ship they really just was like yep sort of an afterthought and yeah and it really needs to needs to be more more addressed um, yeah and that's that's yeah that's definitely something that is maybe it's better now i'd like maybe it is better now i don't know Let's hope so. And if not, maybe we need to train as physios and put ourselves out there. <laughs> I don't think you that's going to happen, but it would be nice for someone who was. Yeah. We ju- we've just had an amazing idea, Mel. We need to, like, share this idea with everybody. But <laughs> oh, the amount of times that I mentioned it in all crew meetings and they'd be like, yeah. again, again. Yeah. All right. And then I'd get that, oh, yeah, that's a really great idea. Yeah. Yeah not gonna happen but they at the core of it they don't want to spend the money and yep. i'm just like well at some point it needs to become a priority mental sure. and physical health and right. and you know bless the people in the uh in the um what do they call it on board the ship the health oh the medical center the medical centers on board you know bless them that they, they were doing their best but sometimes yeah. when it came to acute injuries they didn't really know how to deal with it. They were just yeah. like, take this, take this pill. And you're like, um, okay, let's just mask it forever. Let's just mm. mask it. Yeah. 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 That's definitely, you know, issues on board that were not the same on land, you know. Like 
um, other people that I've talked to in these little interviews have said things like the food, you know, that they, they struggled with the food and not being able to eat what they wanted to eat. Um, at random times of the day, you couldn't get food, you know. <laughs> That's like, why you uh, got a stash. Yes. Uh, oh, so yeah. Then you learn these things, right? Yeah. You take the oranges and you put them in the freezer. You know, you, you go off uh, in Galveston and go to Walmart and Green Mart and grab all of those extra, you know, fun things that you need for your yeah. snacks so that you don't go hungry. And that was one of the best things about the ship was, wow, I've never had access to so much food in all my life. I know. But it wasn't all good food, though. It was food. Well, you want to be choosy. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, let's, let's be honest. We were presented with so many options of food. Yeah. How amazing that you I didn't know. have to purchase. Like, I, I mean, yeah. But, like, yeah, because we have to remember. But we there was self-discipline food. involved then because you could grab pizza in the middle of the night. You could grab an ice cream cone whenever you wanted. Does that mean that you do it all the time? Well, yeah. no, because yep. we would have all put on 10 kilos. So we had to and try and look out. Yeah. I might as well show everyone the photo now that you didn't look like you were eating that much pizza. <laughs> Although I love the pepperoni. The pepperoni pizza. Me yeah. too. Pepperoni, pepperoni was my favourite as well. <laughs> the pepperoni. Where the food at, y'all? <laughs> Where the food at? Where the food at? Yeah. So, I'm like, people um, actually talk like that. I never yeah, knew that do. until, uh, like, they sound like the movie. Yeah. Yeah, very southern. Beautiful. <laughs> we both, being from Australia, we the only Americans that we had ever seen were on TV, um, and I was surprised too that there were people who, you know, really had that strong like um, New York accent, and they really had yes. that strong Southern accent, and they yeah, oh were... y'all, oh yes. y'all, well oh y'all come over here for a photo. I'm like okay, oh y'all. <laughs> I was just always laughing because it. I'm like, wow, okay, cool. (laughs) It seems unreal. It seems, yeah, you know, and there's so many different accents across the whole of America as well, you know, uh, and you worked in different, on from different ports as well. But, you know, from the East Coast to the West Coast, different accents, North and South, different accents. It's such a huge, a huge place. And I probably wouldn't ever... I probably would have gone to America, to maybe to New York and maybe to L.A., if I wasn't working on ships, I probably would have gone to those two places. But I wouldn't have travelled to all of those islands, mm. to all those little towns, like all the way down the coast of Mexico mm. and the Baja Peninsula and, you know, down into the, um, you know, up to Canada and all those little... I wouldn't have gone to all those places had I not been working on ships. So yeah. it was an amazing experience to be able to do that, um, yeah. you know. the backyard, amazing. Yeah. Uh, incredible incredible experience yeah Yeah. but um so was there anything that sort of stands out as you know your your best memory of uh of of us working together like anything that was your favorite thing that happened other than excarette (laughs) always going to the beaches with you because you were someone who appreciated ocean and sea and hearing the ocean and And so, and the, you know, it's always sort of a magical place for me, no matter what ocean that we were in. Um, yeah. But the, the importance of getting off the ship and out of shopping centres and not really that, that was not important, but being and seeing and being near the water, near the ocean, touching yeah. sand, you know, 
And so I always remember that you were always up for beach just whenever and, ever, and ever, you know, and I just, I really needed that like soulful time. Yeah. And yeah. then you could always uh, make an effort to say, yes, I will come with you um, yeah. because I really needed, I really needed that top up. Yeah. Of, of that, that ocean time, you know? Yeah. And although we were surrounded by it, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but to, the, to then get down and amongst it. And, and as you say, all those funny little quirky places that, that necessarily we would never have seen that many beaches um, uh, and to, to hunt and see and look and, and, and then all those funny little quirky places to eat that were off the beaten track that you would never go to. Yeah. Um, suddenly we could discover them and we could, we could become locals there and we could go yeah. back and back and we could discover more and uh, the far side of Cozumel right. you know, on a Jeep and it was rough and, and underdeveloped. And, but I just always loved to go on, on these sort of raw and real adventures and especially to beautiful beach places yeah and I, I, I sort of vividly remember that's mostly with a drink in our hand but you know yeah. <laughs> yeah well you know you've got to have that balance of uh of soulfulness and alcohol but I, I think the um that that's so <laughs> to say that it's really cool because I because my book is about finding my soul at sea right and that whole concept of my spiritual journey that happened throughout that whole, you know, time on board. And one of the things that was for me was that whole going to the beach was like my meditation and my soulfulness that happened early on in the piece. Yeah. And that was something that I sort of drew people into as part of that, that process. But it wasn't until later that I started teaching the meditation classes on board and doing the personal development stuff on board as part of the entertainment program. But I feel like I was still doing that soulful journey at the beginning when you I were remember, involved. I yeah. remember that you gave me a special track of waves, of ocean sounds, and I'd said oh. to you, I said to you, I miss hearing that. I yes. miss, you know, I want that in my life. And I said, oh, and you said to me, I have tracks I can send to you. Yeah. And then underneath it is these subliminal messages of positive yeah. thought and thinking. And I remember thinking, oh, that's a jumbo. <laughs> but you know what? I would, I would often fall asleep listening to those yeah. tracks and it would calm yeah. me. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes in the morning I would get up and I would clean and I would find money and things I'd hidden from myself. And I remember and I'd be like, she was right. There are subliminal messages in here and it's like telling me things in my sleep. And then I'd go in the morning and clean and find and think, oh, this sort of really freaked me out, you know. I was like, mm-hmm. So although sometimes mumbo jumbo can be true. So I thank you for that. <laughs> and and that's fantastic. Awesome. And the other thing that was that I um I remember introducing you to the Celestine prophecy as well, Ooh, which is yes. one of my favourite books. Oh wow! Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and that was I. Re- and somebody else mentioned that I gave them that book as well, so I must have been giving it to everybody. It was like my favourite spiritual, you know, getting into spirituality for the first time type of book. It was it's amazing. Yeah, amazing. I love that book. And I still it's have the copy that you wrote in the book. Um, in my copy of the book you wrote, thank you for letting me borrow this book. It was amazing. And it's like, you know, written in the front. It's got all these hearts and exclamation marks. 
<laughs> and you know what? I would like, like to read it again. Yes, it's an amazing book. And there's a series. You know, there's a series of books. It's not just one book. Wow. I need to read yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You would really like it. Really like it. Um, but, you know, one of the things before we finish recording is the one thing that I love about you is that every time we speak, every time we, we text each other or message each other, there's a million exclamation marks. <laughs> Hi, Tommy. We're recording. Oh, yeah. Record it. Record it. Hey, Aiden, come on over. Who's it for? Say hello. Hello to future selves. Hello, future self. That's right. Hey, puppy. How are you? Yay. I love you. What is good? So sweet. Ah. Well, thanks for joining me today. I am. I'm going to stop recording. But um, but I appreciate your time. And it's nice to see your faces. Oh man, it's been it's been a long time. It's been a long time oh, since yes. Sydney. Oh. It's been forever. Oh, 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 hold on, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Recording. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I can see arms and legs. This is what happens when you when you record the family of acrobats. We. Yay! Anyway, this is Aiden. This <laughs> something I prepared earlier. Oh, thanks, Aiden. That was great. <laughs> In your I'm matching outfit. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> oh my Lord, darling, yeah. Yeah, well, it's so lovely gonna, to see your beautiful I'm finished, face. I'm going to finish, no but so I wanted beautiful. to say thank you. Thanks very much, and um, I'll, I'll send you a copy of the ebook so that you can read. The yes. crazy stories that you're in. And um, yes. yeah, we'll stay on for a second, but I just want to say thank you and I'll stop the recording. <laughs> love you, love <laughs> lovely you. To, lovely to talk to you. I'll see you soon. Oh, yes. yes.